Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All-Star Season 1, Episode 4, titled All-Star Girl Groups. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one twunky co-host. From the swamp, please say... I will smack that ass for days! (laughs) (laughs) To Evan Ayers. Hello, Evan Ayers. That's funny. Tell another one. Hi. Look at you. You're, you're, you're in such a good mood today. You and I were talking earlier, chatting earlier, in your little jolly mood. I'm in a really good mood today. I did fitness, and I just feel really good. Oh, what did you do? I woke up and got my ass to a flywheel class at like before going to work, and then I are you trying my- to lose weight? Is that your thing? I'm trying to just I'm trying to redirect um, weight gain into a constructive, like healthy spot. I'm I'm viewing my body as a lava lamp right now. Like, um, I'm trying to trying to just retone things that didn't used to move you know oh so you're not necessarily trying to lose weight as much as you're trying to actually literally get in literal shape yes i mean i'd love to i'd love to lose weight don't get me wrong but i'm being more realistic that i think it'd be better for me to just take the weight that i have and build muscle excuse me what's this weird voice thing you're doing i'm hiccuping but here we go people don't cough when they hiccup I do both. What now? What now? Do, are you changing your eating habits at all? What's your story there? No, um, I'm. Tr- I mean, I should be. I'm just. I'm actually just trying to drink less, uh, which I'm trying to. I'll. I pretty much eat like I actually have a decent eating like schedule. I. I, I want to hear you, and I, and don't lie. Don't like okay, you're talking completely. to a fat man. Okay. To talk, you, you know what? We will share our food. Diary for today. Okay. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> you want to go first? I'll go first. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had a a smoothie for breakfast plus uh, two eggs with like parsley sprinkled on it. Ooh. I need my protein or I'll go crazy. Scrambled, by the way. There's scrambled par- scrambled eggs with I have, I've been growing an herb garden lately and so I went out to my little herb garden snipped some parsley chopped it up sprinkled it on said scrambled eggs had a little bit of a smoothie you know and that smoothie had banana it had kale it had some frozen berries had some dates and some almond milk that hmm. for lunch I just had like a really simple turkey sandwich no chips <gasps> turkey sandwich yeah see I can't that's I, I can't even do that, but go on. Okay. And I haven't had dinner yet because I'm on the West Coast. True. All right. So what was your food diary for today? So today my food diaries, I should stress that I cannot cook to save my life. I'm like pathetic. And I've, I've lived in this apartment now for four or five months and I've yet to buy basic pans or like cooking appliances. We have like the bare minimum because my roommate brought some, but so I woke up. I mostly- Does your roommate cook? Yeah, uh, he does, but he's never here because he's wifed up, but he, they are always at the other apartment. So it's literally. And just let me, me ask you this question: You mentioned that your roommate was Latino, but what what brand of Latino? He's Mexican. Okay, Mexican American. Okay, um, where's he from originally? So we grew. He's from Texas originally, but we went to. I we grew up like in the same part of Virginia. Went to high school and college together. Okay. So, yeah, he's All like right. I think like Plano or some like Mesquite. He's actually from. Very close. His family lives very close to where Alyssa Edwards is from. That's what I do know. Okay. She's from that little small town. Um, but anyway, I don't know how to cook. I'm useless. And so I'm very fortunate to work at a company that has a lot of like food and stuff like in the office that people can 
kind of scrounge off of. So I go in and I had today I had piece of toast with peanut butter. Okay. I then went for about four hours without anything and I was out um, at a home inspection. And so I, in a desperate Wait, hold on. You're, you're, cause you're like a 26 year old man. You're not like a little skinny, skinny, tiny little like wafy twink. I mean, you're not fat by any means. You're like normal size, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, and you survive for four hours as an active 26 year old man on a piece of toast with peanut butter. Yes, a lot okay. of coffee, and I try to drink a lot of water to try to like fill myself up. All right. Um, and then I went to Subway and got a foot long and a bag okay. of chips, and that was my lunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I returned to the office, and for dinner, and what I, kind of foot long was it? Uh, it was an Italian BMT because that was yeah, the deal okay. today. Um, mm-hmm. Doritos. I had I've had two bags of Doritos today. The Cool Ranch. Well, Crip. you know. I don't know how much you listen to this show, but Doritos are my weakness. No, same. Completely the same. Like, I can... Could people think, oh, you're fat, and they just think fat people just love all foods. No, like, any there's kind of sweet... something about them. Yeah, any kind of sweet... Like, if there's a plate of cupcakes, boring. Donuts, I don't care. You know, whatever. I, I, I don't have a, a sweet tooth. I have a savory tooth. And in particular, like... If there's a bag of Doritos sitting there open, it will not survive the end of the day. Yeah. It's my myth. Are we talking like big bag or small bag? Any size bag. I will literally go through it. Yeah. That's why it's like meth. It can't be in this house. Yeah. What are you, what, what's your advice? Because I'm fine as long as it's not the Cool Ranch. If they're Cool Ranch, there is no, there's no saving me. Like I will eat them in a meat. I don't like Cool Ranch. Oh, see, we do well though. We wouldn't fight over Doritos. Yeah, no, I only like the original nacho cheese flavor. Now, I'm willing to try the other ones, like Tacos at Midnight and the other... I've never tried them, but I've tried Cool Ranch. Not a fan. The ones that come in the purple bag are also pretty good, whatever that flavor is. Never tried that one. I could, You know why? Because I'm sitting there going like, why would I try the other ones? I'm so <laughs> in love with the nacho cheese. Why would I ever, why would I ever s- stray from that? Cheating on your, your nacho cheese, yeah. Not even that I'm cheating on it. It's much like, I know I like this. I know I will be in... He- well, look, I can't have any Doritos. Let's just be honest. I can't. I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. I just they're never, they're never in this house. It's probably for the best. Yeah, because I will just plow through them. But if, I, if, I, if it's like Christmas or something, I'm like, I'm going to have Doritos. I'm, I'm going to go with nacho cheese. Why would I try... No, no, look. I would love it if somebody... Look, if any of the fans... You shouldn't do this. But let's say we'll have a Dorito day. If you guys want to send me flavors of the other Doritos, then I'll try. But I will never go out and just buy another flavor. Why? If there's if I'm at a party and there's an open, I'll go, oh, that's how I've tried Cool Ranch is at parties. Right. I've never bought Cool Ranch. I just don't like how it's like the it's like the the Cheetos thing for me like with the, with the nacho cheese. I just don't like that they get all over my fingers. I, that's my only hiccup with them. That's the best part. Ugh. Cheeto dust is the most. It's like unicorn dandruff is what I call it. Mm. Sorry, I'm pouring some. Wine. Are you literally doing something else right now? I'm pouring a, a cup of wine. Oh, sorry. I gotta. Mommy's gotta have her juice. Now, when when you go to the gym, what is your what's your story at the gym? My story at the gym is uh, a pretty sad one. So I work out in my office has this like very small communal like 
gym that we have that's for like people that are like work in the building or whatever. So I only like to go, I'll like, I've, I've like tested out the times where there's the least, I'm the kind of person that I can't work out around other people. So like I'll, I'll go at times of the day where there's like nobody there. I'll go for like 45 minutes and like do some weights, maybe a little cardio. Um, but it's usually pretty sad, but it's just enough that it will justify me like, you know, eating whatever I want to eat later that day. Like today, for example, I took a flywheel class, which is just like soul cycle, but I much prefer flywheel, but I sit in the very back where no one can see me. I don't talk to anybody. Like I just kid and get out and like do my own thing. So I hate cardio, but I try my best. So is there anything that would happen in the past week, Evan, that you want to share? With so, I mean, the most interesting thing that happened to me today is someone sent me a link to speaking of Twitter. Someone sent me a link today to the preview for the new Jurassic world movie, which made me want to cry. Um, why? That's, they're my favorite movies of all time. Jurassic Park movies are your favorite movies of all Jurassic time? Park. You want to hear a funny, a little, a little weird Evan story about Jurassic Park? I, I have a feeling it'd be neither weird nor funny, but go ahead. I am so obsessed with dinosaurs to like, so when I first watched Jurassic Park, I think I was five or six and my parent, okay. my mom like got the VHS. She rented it from Blockbuster or whatever. And I mean, like I would like, I like studied like the names. I knew like the genus, the species. I knew like everything about them. So she sat and watched me watch the movie. I didn't say a thing the whole time. And then when she, when she finished it, like I should have been like, kind of, it was like kind of a scare. I know adults who like find that movie to be still terrifying. My only feedback to her was that I wanted to write um, Steven Spielberg a letter. I said, mom, like who, who made this movie? Because I, I have some, some corrections for him. And I wrote him a letter about like the fact that like, you know, the Tyrannosaurus was like a, a Cretaceous era dinosaur. So it should have been called Cretaceous Park. And I like made all these notes, about like how the, the way the dinosaurs like didn't look like actually accurate. Like that was more important to me. I've just always been obsessed with them. And so those movies just like remind me of my childhood, I guess. And... You know, what's so funny is you reminded me that um, when I saw Jurassic Park in the theater, I saw it with my brother and his girlfriend and she was taking some sort of. What what studies dinosaurs? Paleontology. She was taking some sort of paleontology class. Um, and she something happened at the end and she was like, Wrong <laughs> The like pterodactyls didn't live in the Jurassic Age kind of I was like, I don't know what she said, but now I was like, Oh god, what is this? They weren't. Yeah, tr- Tyrannosaurus was not was not Jurassic, like velociraptors were not that big. They should have had feathers. Like there's a whole thing that goes on with that. Yeah. And I'm so obsessed with it that I, when I lived in Europe, when the most recent one, one with Chris Pratt and um, Bryce, whatever her last name is, came out, mm-hmm. I was living in Germany and I was so upset that I wouldn't be able to see it in English. Cause even though I speak German, like in my head, like I like need, needed to hear it in English. And so I made it. My first experience with Tinder was I made a Tinder account, literally like pimping myself. I was like, really wanted, like, just looking for someone to drive me to Luxembourg. I lived like 40 minutes away from Luxembourg where I could watch the movie in English. And I was like, well, looking for someone to like go to the movies with. Like, if you pick me up, I'll pay for like your ticket, whatever, whatever. Like, not looking for anything serious. And like, this, like, shut up. Stop, stop, stop. This is also really bad. Anyway, this twink like picked me up, took me there, whatever. And when that song started playing in the beginning of the movie, I started bawling. This person I don't know like thinks that I'm mentally insane and I'm just weeping in a theater because like it moves me so much. I had a boyfriend in college that knew how much I loved this song, 
we'd be at a party, I'd be trashed out of my mind, and he would jokingly like play that on the aux cord and just wait for my reaction, and I would start tearing up. I'm not kidding you. I'm not going to talk over this. I'm just going to sit and enjoy it. Can I talk over it? You know what's so funny is I am a huge fan of composer uh, John Williams. Huge. And every year, Labor Day weekend, he conducts the Hollywood Bowl Orchestra in, like, performances of his music. Okay? And there's always some theme. But uh, I've seen him perform this song countless times with an orchestra. The guy who wrote it. How would you feel if you went to the Hollywood Bowl? Gag. Dead. It is actually one of my favorite. It, it, it's hard to explain because the, the, the music of John Williams is so embedded and woven into everyone from my generation through your generation, you know? And to see. He's very old now, so he doesn't perform. He used to do the whole show. Now he does, like. The second half, right? But, um, yeah, I've seen him conduct this song countless times. But, like, but you understand, there are other songs of his that move me more. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I think it's, it's very specifically like, to that movie, I think, or that sentiment that comes with well, you know, it. It's so also funny. a beautiful piece. What else I has took he my done? Knee- oh, really? You want to go through a. a um, you don't know like, what you're I mean, I th- I'm sure I do, but like, which one, which one, what moves you more? What, what's your... Well, here's one that, like, I took my nine-year-old, ten-year-old niece, and she played this, and this meant a lot more to her. And she was very excited. Yeah. That's also good. You really don't know his stuff? I mean, I know his stuff, but, like, I, I feel like he's... I mean, this is the Harry Potter one, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, hold on for a second. I will, we'll run briefly through John Williams. I'll let this play while I do it. This one's pretty, but like the other one just like, it makes me want to do something. Like I want to go for a run. Well, no, then then, then you need to go on, uh, you know, make a John... They have a bunch of John Williams playlists, but... Um, uh, hold on, I gotta... Okay, so here's this one. You might know this one. Hmm. Sounds so familiar. Okay. You might know this one. I don't know if actually you'll know this one. This one actually does it for me. Because I know Steven Spielberg is known for being... Oh, well, you You know this one? Oh, Taylor would be losing his mind if you don't know this. Wait, wait I know this, but I, I, I don't. It's, I'm... Ah! Which one is this? E.T. Okay. <gasps> I've never seen E.T. Oh, God, Taylor's going to kill you. But, okay, so let me tell you about this then. So, this is not a spoiler. Um, I, E.T. was like, I loved E.T. as a child. And then, as I started watching it more as an adult... I know it's super cheesy. I know it's super drama. I know it's super, like... It's, it's treacly, if you will, for Spielberg. But the last shot of 
E.T. when the spaceship takes off and it's just like the wind blowing in Elliot's hair and the lights on him and this music is playing over it and then just goes to black. I'm going to play right now. It just like gives me chills. So like right here, so like the ship's flying away right here, right? And then right here. It, okay, let me go back a little bit. Sorry, back a little bit here. So the ship's flying away and then right here now it's a shot of the kid, wind blowing. He's looking up at E.T. You see, I'm the one that tears up here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Okay. Then here, this one. This one always, when it comes out, like when I'm working out, I like this one. Does it mean anything to you? Really? Oh, my God. You're like not knowing my childhood. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where... No, I don't know. And I'm pr- I've probably seen this movie. I just don't know. What is it? I'll give it a little bit right here. Comes the hook. Really? Uh, I don't know it. The theme from Superman. Oh, from Superman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How about this one? Not, not crazy about, like... So in my defense. Here we go, next one. This one takes a kick. Oh, here we go. Jaws, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Come if you didn't know this, it would be also be the sound playing when Taylor comes to kill you. <laughs> I think he's gonna kill me either way for the things I've not known between now and it's pretty easy right here. Right. It's also Star Wars. Yes. See, the reason I actually have a real I have a really terrible memory memory association with this one. Okay, how about this one? Shrek. Oh my god, Evan, you're being funny. <laughs> I'm getting funny. <laughs> this, what is it then? I, I actually don't know. Oh my god. I'm gonna go to the end because <laughs> the end gives me chills too. I love the okay. end. It's, it's one of the things that kicks in at the end like that. But this thing where, like, in the, in my favorite part, it's coming right here. Is that I don't even know what the instrument is, and I'm sure people who play Alex Lefebvre is gonna write in right here. That little thing, thing, thing in the background. Oh, right. You really don't know what this is, Evan? It's it's. I mean, it's, it's typical hearing it because I don't. No, I don't know what it is. I'm sure. I, I'm sure I do. And I'm like, right here, right here. Hold on. I hear that little thing. I love that thing. I don't know what it is though. Alex right. Lefebvre will tell me. This right here gives me a boner. Evan, that is embarrassing. It? You're gonna I, get the audience is gonna hate you. What, what is it really? It's the Raiders of the Lost Ark theme, but Indiana Jones. Uh, I get never seen it. 
Please welcome to the stage, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh my god. I know. I for some reason I I never it, in my defense, I was one of those gays that like hegemonic like masculinity like freaked me out in my real life. I didn't need to watch a movie about some guy doing it like to be cool. I just I it, like freaked me out. Like I remember him I remember actively being uninterested in those movies because he just scared me because i thought that's what my dad wanted me to be like i'm not no tomb raider Nothing? The Nutcracker? You know what? Know. I'll give you this. G- no, but good on you for at least the right holiday time. It's the theme from Home Alone. But that that's, okay. that one's a little more vague. Okay. Right? Have you seen those have you seen that meme where it's like a, it's a it's a picture that always resurfaces this time of year of, of the house of like from Home Alone and it's like now that you're like when you're grown up and rewatch this movie and you think like what the hell do his parents do for a living to be able to afford that house and go on vacation to Paris that long? This week, the girls receive a gift from Manila. The girls take turns reading each other and cheerleading form and team up with the children of famous people in order to form their all-star girl groups. Team Shad steals the show, while Rujubi and Yarlexis are left in the bottom two. Yara Sophia hits the buzzer during the lip sync, but it wasn't enough to stop the Shemergency, as Rujubi is asked to stay, and Yarlexis is asked to sashay away. Evan, named one thing you liked about the episode, and two things you did not. One thing I liked, I like, love Kelly Osborne. I think she's so good. And like I you always have. Was... Well, yeah, I've always kind of liked her, but I liked her a lot in this Excuse me. In this episode, is because I feel like she was the perfect participant. She was like so into it. She's fun. She's like actually like very famous, and um, I thought she did a really good job. And she just she actually really cared about like doing well for this challenge for them. And on the flip side of it, one thing I didn't like, I liked her more because of how much the other girl that was on Ruju-B and Rujubi's team. I don't even I don't even know her name. Like wasn't that her- um, Katie? Katie, she looks like Carly Rae Jepsen with a bigger mouth. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but she sucked because like she didn't want like she was afraid of like getting herself all dragged up or like look as if she was worried about being looking ridiculous on a show about drag queens. I just that annoyed me big time. Katie Z, Katie Z, who? Yeah. So, that, so what? She, the, what's the one thing you liked? The one thing I liked, I liked Kelly Osborne just oh, flat okay. out. Like I just thought okay. that she she to me made the episode for me, and I really like enjoyed watching her, and I loved that clip of her and. Alexis and Yara like interacting and laughing about not understanding each other in either language. Um, yeah, so I didn't care for Katie Z, and I also just really didn't care for. Oh, I didn't care for the RuPaul songs that are already questionably like okay songs that are then redone karaoke style. Like they just sounded so terrible. I was not. I mean, not a fan of. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, all right. Uh, you know what? I watched this episode last week. I didn't watch it again today, and I literally have almost zero memory of it. Uh, I was showing you, like, so the one thing I liked about this episode is that I've forgotten it. Yeah. Uh, two things I did not like. Um, I, you're right. I did not like Katie Z. 
Um, and I actually really didn't like the challenge very much. Uh, I don't like, I could see now why they don't really have, um, bio queens on that much or cis, they do, they don't bio. really do, <laughs> they don't funny. really do cisgendered women makeovers. Really? That's the only one I can think of on the show. Have they done other ones where they dress women up and they make them over? Not drag you, but like. Well, they did. Well, they did Little Women of L.A. on season nine. Oh, eight. that's right. They did. They did Little Women um, of L.A. But they had like a whole. I mean, there was like one queen, and they had it was more. They had a look and like a smaller performance. I think that was more. But other than that, they've always done. They've done like um, veterans. They've done straight men. They've done the crew. Which, argu- which arguably is hard. Yeah, the crew. But I think the arguments like always that it's harder for them to redo men. They, or they make it seem like it's harder for them to to do men up, especially straight men. But if they're men to begin with, that are like I think they're more comfortable with like, kind of creating clothing that fits men's bodies and stuff. So I I don't know. I just think it's less interesting because women really kind of are like they're trying to be womanly in some degree. So I don't I just don't think it translates very well. Unless you're Kelly Osbourne and like you really want to do it and you love the idea of being a drag queen, but I don't think that's in a weird kind of way. I feel like KDZ kind of had a point. A little bit. We'll get to that part, but like, I don't know. Um, all right. The next day, the girls pick up a gift from Manila Luzon. Ruju B did not like being in the bottom two, while Yarlexis goes after the other girls for selling them out on the runway. The other girls are saved by the bell as RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. Now, for today's mini challenge, your team needs to put together a cheer reading routine that reads your rivals to filth. <laughs> Hashtag cheer reading. First up, team, your Lexus. Five, six, seven, and Raven, Raven, slow and sleek. You so boring, I fall asleep. Beam, beam, beam. Bam, bam, bam. Lou, you look like Jackie Chan. <laughs> Shad, shad, my little consuela. You so old, you like my abuela. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Chanel. Chanel who? Exactly. Oh, you oh, got oh, oh, they oh, oh, okay. Next, <laughs> Team Rujubi. Alexis Mateo, your look is really ghetto. Shada Sofia, you give us diarrhea. <laughs> Chad, you look fierce. Cheeks and lips of silicone. Ooh, that Chanel. Ooh, that ass. You don't need no styrofoam. Go, Team Shad. Go home. (laughs) Finally, Team Shad. Granny panties, dreadlock hair, phony ponies, don't you dare. Rhinestone eyes and glitter lips. Shakira with her lumpy hips. Friend, treasure, white voices, voices be are the real bad choices. <laughs> one's from Russia, one's from Laos. Reading Juju, Juju in the house. Yeah. yeah. Okay, oh. give me a pyramid. Oh, 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 oh bitch. <laughs> That's it. In the end, your Alexis was named the winner of the mini challenge. Uh, Evan, any thoughts on this mini challenge? Uh, you, you know what? Actually, I mean, I was just laughing at a bunch, a few of those. That probably was one of the f- funnier few things that's going to happen this entire season. I get the impression that they got approximately 10, 15 minutes to like get dressed and come up with these reads. Cause some of them were not rehearsed very well, but I, I don't know. I, again, I love, I feel like whenever Alexis and, um, 
Yara Sophia just like try to say anything. It's to me, I find it very funny. So the, Alexis is a little like, you just got served. And she like throws her arms out. I actually do that a lot. And like the dumbest things and no one gets it. Um, yeah, I thought it was funny. It was, I mean, it was funny, but that's also relative to the rest of the season. So I don't really know how well that. I don't know if I really found it that funny. One, two, I feel like a lot of this season is we don't want to do the same challenge we do on the other, on the regular season. So we're going to take it and twist it. So like this was the reading challenge, you know? Yeah. And then they do the RuPaul's Gaffin was um, their version of Snatch Game. Snatch Game. And go ahead. It's like they tried to elevate everything that they did before, but they didn't really give it much enough thought or like fuel behind it to make it interesting or good. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of like, you know what it feels like? Like it feels like they didn't even want to do All Stars one, and that logo maybe pushed for it. They're like, ugh, and we don't want to like the other season is so much hard work. Why are we going to do all that extra work? So why don't we do like a version of it? We don't want to ruin the work we're doing for season five at the time. And and why do it between four and five? Like I I feel like they between like conception and like actually filming they they literally did it between filming cycles of, of four and five it's like they even had enough time to do it there's an interview with i don't know if i mentioned this before but there's an interview with mimi i'm first when she's on um that show hey queen mm-hmm. that airs on wow and she talks about all stars one and she she literally even says like she's like before i even go on like i don't think anyone liked all stars she's like the producers didn't like it the writers didn't like it the queens didn't like it the only one that liked it was chad michaels so I, I mean, this is kind of where you start to see like the half-assedness of it, or you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't, it, that that's reading very, very clear here. But what's weird is because I've already watched episode five. Is I Don't actually spoil really, it. I'm not going to spoil it, but I actually really <laughs> think episode five. Well, the, I think the challenge is really good in episode five, and they have such good. Ju- what's funny is the judges are really good for All Stars one. They have gr- okay. That's the thing. I think that like the the guest judges are so talented and so good, and like like was that was that that budget allocated like <laughs> differently for this? You know what I mean? Like, well, I don't- they don't pay really for the the guests are just show up as guests. They're promoting something or they really want to be there, but like they're not paying them a lot to be there. But like, I don't know why they stepped their pussies up in terms of the guest judges. Where it's like even this week's guest judges were who it was like Rosie Perez and the one of the Supremes. One of the, yeah, one of these yeah exactly huge and they had um, who did they have last week? They had Rachel Drath and uh, Drath um, Dratch Janice Dick Dratch is it Dratch? Yeah, Janice Dickinson. Um, where, where where was Kathy Griffin? Was she on this season? Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin. She's been on a few times. Most recently, she was on season seven's premiere, and then I think she may have done. A recent season? I don't know. She's okay. she's definitely been on. She was definitely the premiere of Seven. I remember her there, but not not. I don't think since then. I don't remember. I don't think she'll be invited back now. Recently, but that's a whole different story. What are your thoughts on the Kathy Griffin and that? <sighs> like, what are your thoughts on like Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper? That whole scene too. So my I this is Kathy Griffin's like one of the few things that like actually really bothers me because. I, I grew like I I literally grew up on Kathy Griffin's like comedy like that was one of the few things that like my mom and I bonded over. I would show her specials and like just my life on the D list. All those specials like were like very much resonate with me and I consider her like for at least for me like a very early gay icon. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I look up to her a lot because she's so irreverent and she's so out there. But when this, the whole Trump thing happened, like I get, like I, I do think that it was wrong. And I, I think that the bigger blame is like the people, it wasn't just her that put that picture out there. It was the team of people behind her that said that allowed for that to happen or that pulled the green light on that. I don't think that she should have done it, but at the same time, I hate that she apologized and then took her apology back. And now she's on this like weird tirade where she like shaved her head. Her makeup is like kind of crazy. And she's like going on these YouTube rants about, you know, people in Hollywood that she's trying to expose. And I'll give her credit. Like she, I I do believe that she's been saying this shit for years, but people just don't take women in comedy in Hollywood very seriously. But I just, I think she, it's the way that she comes, the way that she delivers these, like these, oh, like when Matt Lauer, for example, when the thing happened with Matt Lauer, she tweeted out like, oh, Matt Lauer's been on my list for years. I knew it, blah, 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 blah. I'm sure she did. And I, I don't doubt that, but she's, it's, it's hard to like her sometimes. I love her, but I, I get why people can't stand her. I don't, I do, I do believe that Andy Cohen, like he offered me Coke drama, but if I were Andy Coke, low key, sorry, mom, sorry, dad, I'd be doing Coke too. If I was in Hollywood, like, like whatever, like, I, I don't wait, think wait, she wait, was... wait, 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 what did you say well, right now? She, when she tried to like come for him for like offering her cocaine or something on his show, like that's not, he's not the only person. Let me amend this here. I'm sorry. I, I thought that was stupid and kind of a low blow. Literally a little blow. Get it? Ding. Um, I was like, who cares? Like, there, I, I, that's such as like, I don't know why she pulled that out of her butt to like try to like to defame him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, not con- not condoning drug use, but like, I just you just said if you were in Hollywood, you'd be doing coke. No, okay. Sorry, can we actually? No, don't cut that out. Whatever, let me amend this. I I under I acknowledge that people in Hollywood do cocaine. I I'm not at a point in 2017. I am not disappointed when someone tells me, "Oh, this this famous person has offered me drugs before." Like I get that people do it. Like it's not, it's it is what it is. It's not okay, but it's also it's everyone makes their own choices. I think for her to like try to like bring him down for that was kind of dumb because he's by no means the only one, and that's not the only time that she's ever been offered it. You know. Oh, I see like, what you're saying. Okay. Like, it's like, like she's pulling, like, you're saying, I, she, why are you acting like, oh, this is some she, unusual thing that happened? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, yeah. Like, I mean, in my understanding, if you offer somebody drugs, you probably like them. So who cares? Not who cares? Because it's not right. But she goes I think, in. A, I get the impression that she was upset with him because apparently he, like, was in some way involved with, like, the, with Bravo and the production of her show for the longest time and he wasn't really present. Well, Andy um, Cohen, I think, still is an executive at Bravo. Mm-hmm. So her point is like, when like that's really weird. Like an executive give himself gives himself his own show. That's really really strange, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and I think I won't. I have look. So my history with Kathy Griffin is this. I can't remember how I found out, but somehow I got in on an early early like. Heard the rumblings in the very beginning when Kathy Griffin first started doing her run at the comedy store. Just before she was super famous. She had been on Suddenly Susan. Her career was nowhere. So she would do these every week. She had like a, a standing performance at the comedy store in L.A. on Wednesdays. It was like at Wednesdays at 7. And if you paid like $10, you could go. It was like an hour long. You're out by 8. And you, I would go. I would literally go every Wednesday. Like 100 of us. 
would go. I was at the very, very beginning. I went, I used to take friends. Oh my God, this is the greatest thing. This is before she was a gay icon, right? Mm-hmm. I just thought she was fantastic. She showed her bush on stage. She actually always opened up. And it was so funny. The, the opening of the show was always the same. She would play the episode of, of um, what's the name of that show? Oh, Cribs. She would show the episode of Cribs <laughs> where Mariah Carey gives a tour of the house and she would be off stage with a mic, like narrating what was happening on stage and it was so funny and then she'd come out and do her set and it was fun to go every wednesday because she'd have different celebrity stories every single time and she wasn't famous or she wasn't afraid to say what you know she would throw people under the bus okay mm-hmm. and so um what's this bus everyone keeps talking about is the bus still running go on that was a rupaul joke Okay, um, so then she blows up, and then she becomes friends with all the people that she's made fun of, and she starts to pull back and pull back and pull back, and then she becomes old, it becomes an old joke. It's not even funny anymore, whatever, right? With the Trump thing, like, the mistake she made, she should have just fucking owned it. She should have just owned it. I think the biggest mistake she made was, and she never talks about it, was the tearful apology, um... And please leave me alone. Like, that was dumb. Right? She shouldn't have done that. But, um, because then, okay, or do the tearful apology, but don't come back and be like, I wasn't really apologizing. Fuck Donald Trump. Like, either say fuck it and just do it and own it. Like, you're not going to get your job back. Or I think she went crazy. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No, I think she definitely cracked because I think she was kind of in this weird place where she talks about she... She apologized and she was like, I will admit that I tearfully like called someone begging for my job back because I needed this job. And then I think when she, I when still she think didn't, she's when, when they didn't, when they didn't, oh, I don't think she's very sane at this point. I, I, I wouldn't be either after all that. Um, I think she was always crazy. We're just seeing the hints of it. But here's going back. But I will say I'm not a fan of the Anderson Cooper or of the what's his name from Bravo after Coke? Andy Cohen. I don't like Andy this Andy Cohen. Cohen. I don't like this Anderson Cooper. I'm because to me, I don't like this. Well, okay, they're mean gays. They're, uh, they're. I don't know if they're mean, but they're definitely. And you know, if you want to read something interesting, and I and I recommend it because it's another white gay guy. Please read the essay by Brett Easton Ellis. And I want to talk about Brett Easton Ellis. We're going down a weird rabbit hole right here. Brett Easton Ellis is a gay author. Okay, okay. he wrote American Psycho, the book. And he's gay, but he's like a weird gay in that like he has his own he has his own podcast. It doesn't come out that often. He does it whenever he wants to do it. And I listen to his podcast. Like the first fifteen to twenty minutes is some sort of rant. And I'm going to tell you, I disagree with ninety five percent of the shit he says. Like ninety five percent of the shit is like stupid. Like I wouldn't call it conservative, but like. I'm a racist, white, fucking gay guy kind of shit, right? Oh, God. And it's so tone deaf or whatever. And I, he's not necessarily conservative. He just, I don't know. It's just, it, it's really weird. I don't like, I don't agree with a lot of it, what he says. But I like his voice because it's unusual. Not that the sound of his voice is unusual, but the shit he says is doesn't toe the gay, liberal party line which by the way i believe in but as you know and i know the gay liberal elites 
can be very, very mean and exclusive. And if you're not a white gay or a gay that fits their mold, they ignore you. And, and, and they have the people that they've sort of blessed to be who they like. And Brett Easton Ellis isn't in that crew. Mm. Okay. And, but he's very articulate. He's an amazing writer. I'll give him that. And he's a writer. And he's an amazing writer. And this essay is a takedown of those people. And what happened was, he, again, like I said, he says controversial shit to be controversial. So when Paris Hilton, remember when Paris Hilton was caught on camera saying that like gay guys get AIDS so like, or something like that? They, or they, like, all, they all have AIDS or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he supported her. And he had some explanation why we should ignore it, right? I can't remember okay. what his logic was. But all the gays got, like, super pissed. Super pissed, right? And he was supposed to get this award, and he was, like, disinvited. He explains it all in the essay. I really highly, highly encourage you to read it. He explains everything that happened. And then he does a takedown of, like, like of specifically, and if you actually ever meet gay people who literally, like, work in the inside of gay movement, nobody likes GLAD. No one likes HRC. They're all fucking crooked, pedophile, sleeping with the interns, creeps, right? Yeah. And his thing with Glad is that they're a bunch of fucking hypocrites. Like, look at the Brett Ratner example. I think he may even cite this or maybe not. It might happen after the essay. Brett Ratner says horrible things about gay people repeatedly to the point where he's kicked off the Oscar. He's supposed to direct the Oscars. He's kicked off. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then all he does is throw Glad some money and go on an apology tour, and then they gave him an award. The, oh, that's exactly it. He does talk about this. Brett Easton Ellis was supposed to be at the award show where they were going to give Brett Ratner, like, an ally award because he paid up enough dough and went on the apology tour. Yeah. You know? So he addresses all, like, this hypocrisy in Glad. And I think Anderson Cooper, Andy Cohen, there's this, like, little clique. Who's the little redheaded uh, queen from Modern Family? Jesse yeah, Tyler, Tyler Ferguson. Ferguson. Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Like, uh, Colton Zachary, Haynes. Colton Haynes, Zachary Kinto, this horrible, horrible... Ev- anyone who listens to Catching Up knows I am... Literally, my arch enemy is Dustin Lance Black. And his oh. stupid... What? Oh, I mean, I was just thinking about Tom Daly, but go on. I don't know this Tom Daly, but I, I don't like this Dustin Lance Black. We're arch enemies. It's his husband. I know who they are. and But <laughs> Dustin Lance Black is my arch enemy. So... um it's well known in Hollywood that I, Dustin Lance Black, and I don't get along. I actively root for his failure. A friend of mine, a friend of mine was up for a job against Dustin Lance Black, and Dustin Lance Black was trying to use his stupid white gay, white male privilege to get it. And I'm glad my friend beat him out on it. He was pissed. And this horrible, horrible uh, When We Rise docu- uh, miniseries that he made, I went to the premiere of that. With this, my arch enemy there, g- giving him death glares. I hate this Dusty Lance Black. It's so fucking lazy, this this uh, When We Rise. And it's so, uh, like, once again, it's like they took people of color and they made it about white people. Oh, this yeah, fucking Dustin Lance Black is a horrible human being. Like, I, I hope he dies of AIDS. Anyway. I hope Tom Daly pushes him into the pool. He drowns. Well, suddenly, I don't feel so bad for saying I would do coke on this if you just said that. So this doesn't Lance Black is a horrible human being. He is up there with this uh, this uh, Harvey Weinstein to me. He's not a predator. Oh, but he's. No, you know what? You know what? 
Oh, I can't. I know. I don't want to get my ass. <laughs> okay, never intense. mind. I don't want to get sued. But Dustin Lance Black must be not sleeping as well these days. That's all I'll say. So, um, yes, Evan? Nothing. Evan just gave me the we'll talk after we get off the air sign. Uh-huh. So, um, can we, real quick, can we, can we some, on, the, on the, the vein of something a little lighter real quick for a second? Zachary Quinto, not a fan, but his boy, Miles, whatever, could get it in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there's Zachary Quinto's in the same boat, too. Yeah. And, and Brett Easton Ellis goes after all of them, takes mm-hmm. them down. And by the way, Brett Easton Ellis has, he's in his 50s, he has a 29 year old boyfriend. Bitch, my, my boyfriend was 23. I can't, I can't judge. I'm giving him a tongue pop, not judging. Good for him. Yeah. So. I don't know what it is with us Hollywood types. But anyway, uh, this uh, the horrible people, if I ever find any success in this town, which I probably won't because I, I don't look, I'm not thin and white and gay. But if I do, I will fucking take them down. I will take them down. Anyway, how do we get on this? We're talking about... Read this essay. Brett Easton Ellis. I'm going to... You know what? Send it to me. Send it to me. But for anyone who wants to listen, I'll post it on the Patreon page, but... Correct me if I'm wrong, we didn't Dustin Lance Black, um, was he involved with that movie about milk? Oh! Don't get me started on this well, milk. That, well, and that's the thing. Like, I, I can see why people hate, like, I, I, I see, acknowledge that, and I'm, I'm validating Look, your point. Dustin Lance Black wrote this milk. First of all, he doesn't go by, I call him that because everyone, he goes by Lance, okay? So I'm going to go back to my, calling him by his stupid name he goes by. This Lance, let me tell you this. I don't know. He won the Academy Award because don't 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 ever think the Academy Award goes to people who deserve to get the Academy Award. It goes. It's it's politics. There's electioneering. There's all this campaigning. Just like they're not supposed to, but they do. It's a nightmare, right? And this milk mm-hmm. is such a piece of shit script. I could have written this script and won the Oscar then because it's a book report. This milk is the biggest. Now don't get me wrong. Sean Penn was good. But this milk is a book report. It's have you ever seen the documentary The Life and Times of Harry Milk? Uh no, I've not seen it, no. You should watch this documentary, The Life and Times of Harry Milk, and then immediately watch Milk. And you'll go, wait a minute. He just, he just took the documentary. Transcribed the words. Oh, I believe that completely. Like and the put documentary people in it. The documentary is framed the exact way. The movie's framed. It starts with Harvey, but this time it's the real Harvey Milk narrating his own life story. All the best lines in the movie are from this documentary. All the biggest moments from this movie, from that the cock the movie, are from the documentary. Then fuck this Dustin Lance Black. He only got the award because he's cute. He's gay. Yes, go he, on. He's he's one of those things. He's not cute, but go on. People think he's cute. He looks, to quote Bianca Darrier, he looks like a fucking swordfish. I thought he was going to turn pages in a book. People, people are very into this Lance Black. Okay. Anyway, I, he's my arch enemy. Like, literally, he's my Lex Luthor. This he's Dustin nema- Lance Black. Your nemesis Yeah. I don't know why this Tom Daly's married to him. Well, I'll tell you why, but whatever. <laughs> After some congratulations, RuPaul announced this week's All-Stars Challenge. Now, ladies, I hope you're all limbered up. Because for this week's All-Star Challenge, you'll need to stretch your charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent to form All-Star Girl Groups. Yes! Each team needs to come up with a group name, 
a signature look, and choreography for a lip sync performance on the main stage. Now, ladies, I have an extra special edition for each team. Please give a big drag race welcome to some legendary children. Kelly Osborne. Kelly Betty! Jillian Hervey. Yes! And Katie Z. Each guest star has been assigned one of my songs. Here's the thing. For me, if you're going to win the Oscar for screenwriting... I have to feel it. like I couldn't have written that script. Like, like when I watch a lot of like, uh, who's this guy that wrote the Social Network? That guy, he's uh, famous. Little, yeah, I can't remember I his, name. his name. You know, you're, this is your thing. Now, I man. know, I know, but I don't know his name escaped me. He's, he's probably the most famous screenwriter right now, right? I see his shit and I go, you know what? I couldn't have done that. You see the great screenwriters and you think, wow. I'm jealous. And that doesn't mean necessarily that they're better skilled than you are. You're just like, they write differently than I do. I admire that. They've pushed the envelope of screenwriting. Screenwriting now and cinema are better for what they did this year. That's yeah. what should win. And this should be this should be true for any of the categories, whether it's acting, whether it's directing, whether it's film. This My Twitter film, account. Your Twitter account. <laughs> this film pushed the envelopes, and now film is better for it this year. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's why Moonlight should have won over La La Land. Oh, that's some sh- I Yes. Okay? You saw Moonlight. You're like, I, I remember when I saw the trailer for this Moonlight. I was like, I've never seen a movie like this before. I've never seen a movie like this before. You know? Yeah. Stunning. And it was and it lived up to it. It was amazing. I was breathtaking. Did, did I don't know if our friend Michael our friend Michael was visiting that weekend that um Moonlight opened in LA, limited release. It was a big theater. The cast was there answering questions. Oh wow. And we were in the very front. But as anyone who's been Humble to a Q&A. No, 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 no. Trust trust it is not. As anyone knows who's been to a Q&A they are boring after five minutes. So five minutes in, I tell our friend Michael and his boyfriend, let's get out of here. And then they go, uh, all right, you lead the way. And it's, it's a giant theater, Evan. We're in the front. And I'm about to, I'm going, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Right? And they're following me. And the last person, I trip over his foot. Shut up. And, I, and they're like doing the Q&A. And I'm like, and I'm like spinning like in slow motion. And they have like these curtains and I grab onto the curtains and they're like falling down on me. And the whole theater, all you can just feel the shift of the theater. Look at me and Michael and his boyfriend as we're trying to sneak out of the Q&A. And we were trying to get out, you know, we're trying to ghost out. And I was like, I'm working on some, some moonlight joke, but it's not coming through. So that's terrifying. Anyway, the point is. That's what a screenwriting, the best screenwriting you should feel like, I couldn't have written this. This, this made screenwriting better. This, this fucking milk, what a piece of shit script it was. I could have, like, just when the girls thought it was over, RuPaul added another twist. At that moment, three young women walked into the room. They were all the daughters of celebrities, and they would be teamed up with the different teams. They were teamed up 
as follows. Team Shad was with Jillian Hervey, daughter of Vanessa Williams. Team Yarlexis was with Kelly Osborne, daughter of Ozzy and Sharon Osborne. Team Rujubi was with Katie Z, daughter of Pia Zadora. After some rehearsal time, Rube Paul entered the workroom to talk to each of the teams. First up, Team Shad. So you're all coming up with the choreography? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. You know, I think that Chanel's being really assertive. There's some definite tension between Chad and I. It's making the challenge even that much more difficult. Next, Team Yarlexis. Hello, Yarlexis. Plus one. Hi. Kelly, you are a fashionista, and these are showgirls. Are you afraid of looking like a showgirl? Oh, I love it. I want to be a showgirl. I want to be a drag queen. I'm pissed off I'm not a boy. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Finally, she stopped by Team Rujubi. Now, who's in charge of the choreography here? We are all working on that together. You all aren't known for being dancers. No, No. not at all. There are a lot of girl groups who were not dancers, like the Pointer Sisters, but they sold it. They they were able to do choreography, and that's what I'm looking to you to do. That's what we are going to do. Okay. All right, Evan. Yes? What are your thoughts on everything I said about screenwriting and uh, Moonlight and whether, like... uh, Dustin Lance Black should have won the award for... Milk. I just feel like it's, like, really racist that you, like, don't like a movie about milk. Because... I mean, I'm kidding. Um, no, I agree. Like, I, I... I mean, I have always... You can answer, I, but I was kidding. Because that'd be funny if I came back to it again. But go ahead. Go ahead. And we'll, yeah, I, and we'll, and no. we'll go to the challenge. No. I mean, I, I get it. It's not... It's I'm, I'm over white gays and their whitewashing and... Whatever, I I get why you have you have a, you clearly have a lot of feelings about this, and I I believe them. But I just, yeah. Oh well, no. With with Dustin Lance Black has nothing to do with his being white. I just think he's stupid. I have a history with him. That's fair. Because maybe now we got bad blood. Oh God, I just read. So what are, what are your what are your stories here? What are your thoughts on this challenge? On the on the women? On Katie Z? On. Uh, on uh, well, we know you love Kelly Osborne. On Jillian Hervey. On the challenges, the way the teams were broken up. On the table visits. What were your thoughts here? So I actually really like this challenge, and ter- the the idea of it, I think, is very clever and something that I think Drag Race or would they would do on a, on, on a current season to some degree. They probably put them in teams. Obviously, um, I think they. They did a good job at casting at least two people that I, I mean, as for me, like I know who Vanessa Williams' like daughter was. I didn't know who the uh, Katie Z was, whatever. Wait, you didn't uh, know who Vanessa Williams' daughter? You knew who she was, who Vanessa Williams' daughter was? Uh, but I knew who, I know who Vanessa Williams is. Oh, I see, I see. Excuse me, like they, like that third one was just kind of a mess. It seemed like she like was a friend of a friend that just had some free time that afternoon. Um, <laughs> but no, I think it's like an interesting challenge. I. I would have been more interested. I feel like now it would be more interesting, like if they had to like perform live or like like you know what I mean. If the 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 extra element of like the performance was a little more engaged, just to them singing a you know a karaoke cover of a C minus RuPaul song. Um, well, they're not singing. They have someone else doing the. They're, they're, well, yeah, they're covering it. Which apparently this is available on iTunes. Did you know that they released like the, like a, a full CD of all of these like these tracks? Yeah, Lucian Piani stuff. Yeah. Oh. Speaking of terrible white gays, um, uh, yeah, I mean it's it's fine. I it's clever-ish. Not really. I I think the the challenge was there. I just I don't I don't know. I don't really care. It didn't see it. It was. I feel like it was too much. 
pressured. My, my thoughts on this this challenge are more about like their judging and like the decision that like, comes after the performances. Like I thought they were all good enough that it kind of sucked that one of them had to go after this, but no thoughts really. That was terrible on me. Well, no, even when you watch this episode, you can tell the episode doesn't care about this challenge. No, like, not at all. Every like, segment is sort of just half-assed. Like they, like even like the KDZ makeup thing. I think we'll get to it in a second. Was like sort of like, or yeah, the most contrived. interesting bit. Yeah, the most inter- most interesting bit for me was like Kelly Osborne asking them. What's it like for you going through a drive-through? One, like Kelly Osborne goes through a lot of drive-throughs when she's that thin. But two, I mean, it just they're just it's it's not interesting. Like they don't care. It's a stinky RuPaul song that they're performing to. Do you think that they made those outfits, or were they given them? I th- I don't know. I think on some level they had to be given something to work because they have to know the women's sizes, and I'm sure they're very yeah. particular. Like. Yeah, because they're not just like ladies off the street. Like they're obviously going to be particular about like kind of what they're putting on or how they're presenting themselves. Like you know, like in um, like in season seven when they did like the half half man half girl drag, like they gave them the dresses or like, they give them certain things to kind of build off of. I'd be curious to know like how much of that was required of them because that would that would that would gauge how impressed i am with like kind of how they pulled some of these looks off. To be honest with you, also especially they don't. Well, I think they knew who was going to get whom. Right, but um, did they? Because they they picked them based like they assign. Well, you know they said they, they assigned. Assign, well, they said you pick a song, and then based on that song you pick, you're gonna that song is assigned to this this girl. But I would imagine. But maybe they, probably, they told they them probably, what song to pick. They or they just they just didn't really assign them to a song, and they just gave them. You know what I mean? Oh, that's no matter, exactly what it was. No who they that's picked, exactly they just, what it was. They said you're gonna go with this person. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they would have to give them the out like that. The way I'm thinking, but you're right. The logic of it. I wonder how that worked. You know, especially because I'm sure they didn't have. Did Katie it, Z. The question is, did it really work? That's question. true. <laughs> I'm sure they didn't have Katie Z. You know, Katie Z's schedule was not going to allow her to be there for multiple oh days. And stuff I knew like that. she had a Chili's reservation at five thirty. She had to catch. Don't she is her. a daughter? You have no idea. I, let me tell you this. I barely know who Pia Zadora is. Pia's adorable with this woman. I think Taylor probably know more about her. She was this like woman who like married like a super rich guy, some sort of media mogul, and he would like essentially he tried to pay for her to become famous, and even essentially bought her Golden Globe. But he'd get her in movies and stuff, and they were super 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 rich. I'm actually really really mad at her because she and her husband bought um, probably the most legendary house in. Hollywood called Pickfair. It was the home of Mary Pickford and Douglas Fairbanks, but it was like legendary as like this. I guess you almost call it the White House of Hollywood. Like it was on a huge, huge property, which got eventually narrowed down to as a normal size, you know, piece of land. But the house was still there, and it was like every most famous person ever went through that house. I mean, it was like a legend. It really was like the White House. And then she bought it, and like, like it was, it was already super famous then. And they just tore it down. And they became, it became leg and dairy. <laughs> What's the temperature right now in DC? Uh, the temperature in DC right now is a moderate fifty-five. But I am cheap and don't like to pay heat bills, so I don't have any heat in my apartment. So it's currently like forty-five degrees in here, and I love it. 
After some non-eventful rehearsal footage, we went right into Elimination Day. In the makeup chair, Katie Z gave Rujubi some trouble about her makeup. You're going to have to de-do that to my nose. No, we got we buff it out. You are? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As I'm getting Katie ready, I can see there's a little bit of resistance. Is your basic makeup usually just liner? Trust us. Because mm-hmm. if you look bad, we look bad. You look gorgeous, trust me. You won't go too deep with that. That's better. Me- meanwhile, you know, you're giving Katie Z this shade about Ray, you know, Raven and Jujubee doing her makeup, and she doesn't want yeah. Did anyone see RuPaul the first most of the season of nine? How horrible she looked with this Raven doing her makeup. Someone was so mad at her those days. Who? Ta- whoever was doing her makeup. Was it Raven? It was Raven and Delta. Delta did the wigs and uh, Raven did her, her makeup. Can you, cl- real quick, can you clarify that that Emmy drama then? Who? Because the, the, she was nominated. Was RuPaul was nominated. They were nominated for like outstanding hair and makeup, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But it was the episode that Ru wasn't even in drag. So how yeah. did Raven and Delta even get nominated? So what happened was Matthew was on the first episode. The rumor is, and it's pretty well substantiated, that they got in a huge fight. We don't know why. Who's they? RuPaul and Matthew Anderson got in a huge fight. And that Matthew took a wet wig and flopped it on RuPaul's head and stormed out. Okay? So now they fire Matthew. Okay? But because he was working on the episode, he gets the credit for the episode. Okay? Some people think that's why Ru wasn't in drag during the challenge. Oh, okay. Because they didn't have a makeup person. Matthew, they had a big fight and Matthew stormed off. There was no makeup person. So, she's not in drag. However... When you're submitting for the Emmys, you want to submit the episode that's going to wow people so you get the nomination. Obviously, Lady Gaga, having been on the show, is going to impress the Emmy judges. So they submit that episode, but because rape. So what happens? You submit the episode, but you're supposed to say this is indicative of the. This is this is what we think is the best episode of the season, and here is the makeup artist for the season. So they submitted Raven and Delta for hair and makeup for the season, but they used episode one. The problem is. The problem is. Matthew Anderson's name is on that first episode. That means the person that they submitted for wasn't actually, they didn't submit Matthew's name. So the Emmys withdrew the nomination from them. What's funny is that had they just made it Raven, Delta, and Matthew, they probably, they would have been, no, they would have been totally fine. But the fact that they didn't put Matthew on. Willem got in a lot of hot water because he came out and pretty much said that. They took it, you know, some people try to make it an argument that he was saying that Raven and Delta didn't deserve it. That wasn't his argument. His argument was they should have also had Matthew on the nomination. He was actually in the right, but just people assume that Willem's always being like super shady or something. Well, he is just something. He's not always, you know, he, he, it's, it's, you know what? Brett Easton Ellis is the Willem of gay people. 
Okay. Does that make sense? I That's terms I can understand. I'm into that. Yeah. Okay. Brett Easton Ellis is like Willem. He says stupid shit. You don't agree with most of it, but you're like, eh, it's a good point. Right? So what would you... Do we have a Jasmine Masters of gay people? I need to think on that. It'll come to me, but I can't think It'll of it come right to now. me, too. I, I'm gonna be in my, I'm going to be asleep at like four in the morning, and I'm just going to open my eyes and just scream. Anyway. Yeah. And you're going to be like... Uh, Titus Burgess. <laughs> okay. Now it's time. For the looks. I was waiting for you to interrupt me. You didn't do it. I'm trying to be good at not interrupting. Yeah. Well, it's time for the looks. Oh, oh is it time for looks? Is it, is it time for the looks? Mm-hmm. All right. It's time for the looks. All right. So the first look I have, we have is of... Chad Michaels. Yeah. These may not be in order by group, but we're just, it'll actually be interesting to judge them individually. Um, Chad is wearing a bodysuit. It's silver and black. And this, there's some weird, like, chrome ish pattern. She has great gloves on and thigh high silver boots and kind of puffy, like, Pointer Sisters hair. Makeup is pretty standard for Chad Michaels. Um, this is a, a toot for me. I really can't get over how good she looks. And the fact that she has such a thigh gap is really bothersome. Do you see that? Like, where does she oh, put yeah. it? That thigh gap is unreal. It's the Hunger Games, bitches. Fat May the odds be forever in your favor. May the gaps be forever betwixt your legs. Jesus Christ. She looks good. Um, yeah, it, I think she looks great. And again, very standard for Chad Michaels. Mm-hmm. Let me try to... I'll do this. I'll, I'll look at the person that she's paired with to make this fair. Uh, the person that she is with is Chanel. Chanel. Channel. Chanel is... Oh, boy. Chanel is wearing another uh, another jumpsuit. It's corseted or with like a, a Wonder Woman knockoff like belt corset. It's rhinestone and it has matching accents on like the forearm. She's got big 80s hair and these... It looks like earrings that are made of several bits of dice that are just strung in a loop. Uh, her makeup is actually, I, they obviously clearly like did make matching makeup as a team. She looks fine. It's, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's a toot by any means. I mean, she looks fine, but in terms of matching with Chad, I don't see any resemblance whatsoever. So I'm going to get this look a boot. Okay. Do you, you didn't ask me about Chad, by the way. Well, I was going to ask you as a whole. Oh, interesting. Um, Chad's look, I usually would not like that look, but I'm going to tell you something. I give it a two. Yeah. Chanel's look is horrible. Horrible. Yeah. I, I give it a boot. It looks like something Michelle would wear. I think Michelle actually did. Michelle, Michelle kind of like this. I'm sure she did love it. She's a this jersey. This is the Michelle a, wheelhouse. Yeah. Like it, it's just trashy Jersey. It's really trashy. And like, I'm sure Ugh. It works for somebody. And again, like it's just it's it's interesting because she claims to be so polished and she is polished, but she's like she's polished trash yeah. here at least. It's like mm-hmm. can you pol- it's like polishing a turd, they say. Not loving it. Um I love me Matt McDonald's. So next up is Raven. Raven is wearing a very short and very, very um kind of cheapish looking sequins dress. She has on these 
very intense white walker blue um contacts and she's got a like very thick like refined or defined bob with like straight hair she kind of looks i mean her mug always looks amazing she's got these big hoop earrings in i'm thinking of the critique that santino gave her about how her leggings don't match her face i don't see it she does look stunning but i think this is something that she would wear in like any episode of fashion photo review so i'm going to judge it based on her in comparison or paired up with Jujubee, who is, mm-hmm. as I look at it, not wearing anything similar to her at all. She, Jujubee is wearing a like a shiny sequin, like leatherish jacket with the two-tone hair. It's almost like a weird ombre, but it's like half brown on one side, half blonde on the other. Makeup is kind of similar, but there's really no unison between the two of them. I'm going to give Raven a toot and Juju a boot. What do you think? I give them both boots, mostly because they're both basic. Yeah, it, it's just, it's not, it's not, like, interesting enough. It, it's not even, I don't even want to call it, like, daytime drag. It's not great. And I've, I've always said that, like, Juju's drag is not supposed to be, like, anything more than basic girl at the mall. But this just doesn't, they, and they, they, they loved her look for some reason. Michelle was, like, gagging over her. She would have that whole thing about, like, oh, this is, would be seduction, and I'd be a little Katie in the middle, blah, blah, blah. But I don't see a lot of unison at all with them. Part of me thinks, though, that as the season progresses, but we're seeing it very compressed because there's only six episodes, the, they get nicer on their critiques. You think? And I think, yeah, and I think that they were trying to get Ruju be, and justify Ruju be making it past and eliminating... Um, Darlexis. Darlexis. They need to make a reason for your Alexis to go home. Yeah. Do you think they were... So su- I may have asked this before. Do you think they were surprised at how well your Alexis did? Yeah, because on the next episode, there, um, there is uh, there's a rumor of shenanigans on that uh, episode. Really? Mm-hmm. We'll talk I about love, it next week. I love... She- is it shenanigans or shenanigans? Riggery. Um, next up, we're looking at Alexis Mateo, who looks like, do you remember that Power Rangers movie that with Ivan Ooze, the guy who like was made of purple goop? No, no. Okay. I'm showing my age here. Like the original, like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie that came out. She looks like Ivan Ooze's like slutty cousin. Um, she's got like giant purple, you know, she's got giant hair with like these weird pink accents and she's wearing what looks like a, a swimsuit or a bodysuit. And full purple sequins. Uh, it looks like she's got her belt. Looks like it's made out of like a film tape or film roll. Um, yeah, it does. It's there, and she's you know got the spike things. Again, Alexis, I like. I'm sp- if I've if I've learned anything so far from how awful the season is, I cannot love her more. So I really appreciate this look, and I appreciate it more looking at Yara's look as well. Who it's very clear that they have. There's enough matching or like bits of matching in their looks where where alexis has the full bodysuit on or the swimsuit on yara has the very same color it's just it's kind of cut out more and she only she's still exposing her abs she's got you know chains coming from her titties she's got this you know like metal girl bra on the big you know yara hair it looks like dreadlocks that are swooped up um 
I think this is a total toot, and they look the absolute, the most in unison. She's actually wearing the same contacts as Raven, it looks like. Um, and I just think they look fantastic together. Yeah, I think they look great. They shouldn't have gone home. That, like, they, they truly should not have. They have the best look of the night, I think, actually. If you're talking about in terms of girl group. Yeah, that's all the looks. I don't have a whole lot to say. Who's right. the top, top two? I'm going to say Yara Sophia. I would say so, Yara Sophia as well. And top, top two to the week. And bottom boot or bottom bunk oh. is going to be uh, Jujubee this week, unfortunately. Actually, no, Chanel. Oh, yeah, I was going to say Chanel. I was going to say Chanel. Chanel. We agree. Chanel. I would change the channel of that Chanel. Bye, that was bad. Boom. But continue. Save me from myself. <laughs> okay, like, you got to go for it. What does Acid Betty say about Bob? Like, when you're trying to be funny, one out of, like, every eight things will work. So, Sorry. On the main stage, the teams performed their hearts out. But in the end, only one team was going to win the challenge, while the remaining two teams would be placed in the bottom. After the judges deliberated, Team Shad was named the winners of the challenge, leaving teams Rujubi and Yarlexis to engage in a lip-sync battle for their lives. Raven repped for her team, while Alexis Mateo repped for hers. The song, Don't Ya, by the Pussycat Dolls. For the only time this season, Yara Sophia pressed the button and tagged Alexis out of the lip sync. It didn't matter, though, because in the end, Ruju B was told, Shantae, you stay, while Yara Alexis was asked to sashay away. Evan, any final thoughts on the episode? The only thought then I just thought about, and the only thing interesting about these two being eliminated again is, not again, but being eliminated is, the last time that they were on season three... Yara went home at a lip sync against Alexis and there was this whole drama about her like falling apart on stage and like they had this like whole weird like like the music slow or they like slowed the music down and she like she literally like lost it um and so like, the only thing I'm thinking of is they went out in like a weirdly memorable way just because they were the only ones that ever used the this stupid buzzer mm-hmm. thing um but it was I mean again so clear that even if they outperformed them they were not staying and I don't know if they knew that or not. I thought the producer told them to use the buzzer. I think they did too. They must have. Because well, that was the last time. Because the next, there's no more buzzer after that episode. So they're like, "Fuck, man, we didn't use the fucking buzzer. Go use the buzzer." We we wasted 45 seconds an episode explaining how this works. Someone's better yeah. friggin' use this. And because because Alexis was doing fine. It's also not even a buzzer. It's like a hand sensor, like a public bathroom that you like put to like make them vacuum turn on. Like there's no button. It's just a little police siren thing you know they don't push anything do you wish your boyfriend was hot like me don't you <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay right, have you gotten all your thoughts out about this episode i've had yeah i've exerted enough potential positive energy towards this thought yes have you gotten all your thoughts out about dustin lance black kathy griffin anderson cooper andy cohen uh zachary I th- quinto i don't think we covered enough porn though Yes, what do you have to say about it? I would like to see a porn of Dustin Lance Black and... There used to be one, but he got away from the internet. Oh, is there really? There used to be. It doesn't exist anymore. Oh, damn it. The limit does not exist. Why? Wait, why did you didn't like him? I thought you didn't think he was cute. I know, I'm kidding. I just was trying to trigger you. I love that porno. Not because, because it humiliated him. <laughs> 
And he should be. He had a weird-looking penis. Oh, God. Well, he's British, too, so it's uncircumcised. Doesn't that's black isn't British? I thought he was. Oh, no. Don Taylor's British. That's right. He's whitey. He's away from America. That's right. Yeah, he's a Mormon. You know what they, Oh, God. That's tough. My so you have nothing else to say about this episode? Uh, this episode. Uh, Rosie Perez is funny as hell. I adore her. But, no. It's sad that the best things that I can say about this episode are what the, the guest judges have to say. I will say, I have a lot to say about the episode five. I actually really liked. Well, uh, I have a lot to say about it. It was uneven. Because the mini... Well, I, we can't do an episode episode five recap right now. Tune in next week for an episode five recap. But you know what? For right now, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap for All-Star Season 1. Make sure to join us next week and every week as we dissect, discuss, and deconstruct every episode of this very special season so for evan Ayers and myself sashay away until next week thank you for listening to rupaul's drag race recap have something to say email us at drag race recap at gmail.com follow us on twitter and instagram at drag race recap our instagram account is managed by steven starling you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash drag race recap. If you want access to more drag race content and other afterthought media shows, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthought media. Follow Evan Ayers on Instagram at Evan M. Ayers, that's E-V-A-N-M-A-Y-R-E-S. And on Twitter at Nobody Cares, that's Nobody, C-A-Y-R-E-S. Follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The theme song was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. This has been an Afterthought Media podcast. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.